Good morning. It is a joy to be with Hillcrest Covenant Church this morning. Um, it is a joy to be with what I understand to be a very generous church. Um, I was here in 1976 when the Covenant had its midwinter conference. That's our national pastors conference here. And I've been watching you ever since. And I have been watching a group of people from a distance that are, is an enormously generous church. Uh, you've been generous in this Covenant Kids Congo. You're generous in the fact that you, these high school kids are out ministering to refugees in Athens right now. There are so many ways of, in which you are generous, and particularly to the mission and ministry of the Covenant Church. Together, we're planting a new church every two to three weeks. We're sending missionaries all over the world. We're strengthening the core ministry of covenant churches so that they're missional churches reaching out to their communities, just like you are. And I want to thank you for that. It's a special gift to be with Pastor Mark and Beth this morning. Um, there are pastors who are friends of mine and who bless me, but there are people who teach me something new every time I'm with them. And Mark, Pastor Mark is one of those pastors, and I thank God for him. Uh, I understand this is a time of transition for you as a church. I pray for you a profound, a profound understanding that the God who's been with you during these years, during this season of ministry, will continue to be with this church and that God has great plans for you as a family and as individuals as you worship God together. Um, I want to just say a, a word about Beth. She's, you know, the director of evangelism for the Covenant and I just want to tell you something cool about her and cool about you. Sally and I were here for the annual meeting when it was in Kansas City. Was it last year? It was a year ago. And so my wife, who's, I confess, a much better evangelist than I am, um, had a conversation with a young Middle Eastern woman who was cleaning rooms in the hallway outside our room. And Sally started having a really important conversation with her. Her heart reached out to her, and they talked every time Sally saw her in the hallway. But we knew we were leaving, and we knew we didn't have a connection, so Sally found Beth. And Beth came to people here, you. And you've been in touch with this family ever since. And the journey goes on. I don't have an end to that story. But in the name of Jesus, you're loving her and her whole family. I just want to tell you that's incredibly important. It shows the kind of people you are. And I thank God for that. It's very precious and it's very special. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. And I want to use this text to encourage you to continue your participation in something I think is very special. It's this work of faith that we call Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision. And Paul writes to the church, he says, every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in following our master Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, um, this is your word we believe that you not only spoke through it, but that you speak through it. So Lord God, give us ears to hear. Uh, first of all, to be reminded again of how much you love us and how precious we are to you. 
But second, uh, to be called to be a part of your work in this world. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So Paul, um, one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is that you know that the church um, in the first century that he planted all these new churches around the Mediterranean basin, you know they were messy because when you read the letters, he's constantly challenging people with the places that they need to grow more in love, more in unity, more in care, more in reaching out to their neighbors. But Paul never misses a chance to, to affirm where people are and, and, and who they are in Christ. And this first section, this 1 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 10, it's in your uh, bulletin. Please take time to read it today carefully because this is one of the places where Eugene Peterson just lights it up. He just lights it up with, with God's love and God's call in our lives. But there's this long list that Paul gives about the ways in which this church is being faithful to God. He talks about their impact on the world, their impact on their community. He talks about who they are in Christ. And he especially talks about the encouragement that their faithfulness is to other people. And don't forget that. Every step you take walking with Jesus is an encouragement to someone else. It makes a difference. It matters. And this long list that he gives of affirming them starts with one phrase. He says, every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith. We call to mind your work of faith. Now, what's a work of faith? I want to suggest to you that it's a little bit of a puzzle, theologically. You know, those of us who have come to believe that the Bible is the Word of God and that everything that's most important in the world about living and, and serving and sharing and caring comes out of God's Word, we have been taught and we profoundly believe that this greatest gift of God's love for us in Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, the fact that we walk in new life, that I can go into tomorrow morning carrying none of the garbage of yesterday, but with complete freedom to serve without holding on to the junk of my past life, that there's healing and that there's refreshment and that there's power, that this greatest of all gift isn't something that we get by what? Works, right? It's not something that we earn by what we do. It's not something that God gives to us because we try hard enough, but because in God, Christ Jesus, was born into this world, lived, died a cruel death on a cross, and was raised for our redemption. And so we believe that it isn't by works that we receive this marvelous gift of salvation, not earning something by what we do, but by faith in what Jesus Christ did for us. Aren't you glad? <laughs> it's just marvelous good news. I confess that a good, pretty good chunk of my life, my spirituality was trying hard enough to be good enough. And I want to just tell you something, it doesn't work. You can never try hard enough. You can't be smart enough or fast enough or wise enough. And especially, we'll never be good enough. 
But that's why God came in Christ, so that we can have this new life as a gift. It's the greatest blessing in the world. So, so then I want to ask the question, what's this thing about, if it's not by works, what's this phrase, work of faith? Aren't those two words that just don't go together? I mean, an oxymoron. Something like jumbo shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you come from my side of the tracks, Norwegian extroverts. (laughs) Work of faith. What's that got to do with anything? If, if If the gift we have in Christ is not by works, but by faith... In Christ, what's a work of faith? Well, I want to suggest to you it's not an oxymoron. Those are words that actually belong together because it's the perfect marriage of the fact that in Jesus Christ, I get to be transformed by the Holy Spirit into the person I really most want to become, but that I get to participate in that transformation. I get to be engaged with my activity, my own agency. It's the perfect marriage of the fact that Jesus is working everywhere in the world today, even in the darkest, the most despairing situations, even in the people in your lives where Jesus seems to be most absent. Jesus is at work, but God calls us as a work of faith to join Jesus in his work in those people's lives and in those difficult situations. It's the perfect marriage of the fact that we can be set free through Jesus Christ from all of the things that hold us down. All of the things in this world that are so good in them themselves, but are so awful when they hold our lives fast. But that we get to participate with the Holy Spirit in our own liberation. Because Jesus loves us way too much to just act on us from the outside rather than letting us be co-participants in the work that he's doing in our lives and in our world. That's a work of faith. A work of faith is what we do, concrete things we actually do, giving, serving, sharing, caring. Things we actually do um, to follow and participate with Christ's work in the world. A work of faith is our intentional behavior where we begin to live a life of trust, rather than this anxious life of control that we see all around us in our world today. A work of faith is the intentional place where we um, move from the landscape of I want all the time and I need all the time and I'm, I'm needy to the beautiful landscape of just look what I get to do. Just look at what God has given me resources so that I can participate in this broken world. It's kind of like King David when he said, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? A work of faith is how we live out the gospel. Not in order to earn God's love. Please, understand that. Not in order to earn God's love, but because we understand that God already loves us in Jesus more than we could ever, ever imagine. A work of faith 
giving, serving, sharing, caring. I want to tell you, it's what transforms the world. It's when people of faith take steps of faith and step out onto the ground that they think won't hold them because Jesus calls us there and we find out that God is alive because he shows up and our weight finds solid ground because we take a step of faith. Two convictions about a step of faith. Number one, everything good in my life comes from other believers' steps of faith. Other people who loved me, other people who put up with me, other people who forgave me, people who mentored me, people who taught me, people who showed me what it is to live by faith. Every blessing in my life is because of someone else's work of faith. And then secondly, um, it's awfully hard to grow in Christ. To become what Lloyd Ogilvy called what God thought of when he first thought of you without taking steps of faith. Because unless you and I are participating in holy habits and holy risks, it's awfully hard for the Holy Spirit to get access inside of us to do the Holy Spirit's transforming work to create us into the people that we most want to be. This is Paul's joy for the Thessalonian church that they are active in a work of faith. Now, all of you are participating in works of faith. Your being here this morning is a work of faith. You believed that this was better than spending time at the mall or at the water park (laughs) or sleeping longer. You believed that the living God would touch you this morning if you got up and came and shared with the family of faith. So all of you are doing works of faith. I want to talk about a particular work of faith. It's called Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision. And I want to talk about three reasons why it's a work of faith. First one, Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision, is a work of faith because it's a huge challenge for this little denomination called the Evangelical Covenant Church. Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision, comes out of the missional heart of our president, Gary Walter. For the first time, When he became president some eight years ago, he traveled to Congo. And he experienced this deep relationship the Covenant Church has had with Congo for the last 80 years. You know that we had one of the largest groups of missionaries we had anywhere else in the world. And walking together with the people of Congo, a church has developed there of 1,600 congregations in northwest Congo. They minister to over 1.5 million people. They have 100 clinics. Don't think of the clinics you go to. They have five hospitals. They've got 90,000 children in school. They do all kinds of ministries. They really are the center of not only faith, but life and social services for that whole area of Congo. And yet what Gary saw there the first time he visited was really tough to see. Uh, That portion of Congo, in fact, all of Congo in the mid-90s, went through what people have called Africa's First World War. It was actually a civil war in Congo where people were fighting for control. But all of the nations around Africa joined in in the fight. And not only did they join in the fight, they reached their hands in to pull out the resources for themselves. Stability is something people love because they can rob and steal with impunity. 
And our part of Congo, Northwest Congo, was devastated by that war. When you go to the city of Gemina now, where Covenant Kids Congo does its work, you'll find no public water, no public electricity. The roads are awful most of the year. The roads in the city of Gemina are, well, anyone who loves four-wheeling would love it. It's not my favorite thing. Um, there is no uh, public sanitation. About 11% of the people have access to clean water. Less than 40% of children get basic uh, immunizations. 24% of the girls ever get to high school and most of them don't graduate. And if you know anything about third world development, educating women is one of the most important things you can do. And the toughest statistic is that nine out of 10 moms will lose at least one child before the age of five. And so Gary came home pondering a question. Are we just gonna walk beside this church spiritually or are we gonna do a work of faith? And out of that came this groundbreaking partnership because you know that never before in the history of World Vision, which has been this marvelous purveyor of Christian community development all over the world, caring for the poorest of the poor, they had never before partnered with a whole denomination. So it's the first time there was ever a partnership between a denomination and World Vision to do a specific project in a specific place. It's the largest single project the Covenant's ever done. It was the largest single project World Vision had ever done in its history. It is a 12 to 18 year community faith-based development partnering with the church in Congo to bring health, education, water sanitation and hygiene, agricultural improvement, education improvement, microenterprise, and advocacy for women and children. Over 12 to 18 years in the city of Gemina, which is 300 to 400,000 people. And all of it is supported by people who go to that table back there and decide to sponsor a child as a work of faith to make a better future for the children of Congo. One quick word about that sponsorship. We think of sponsorship primarily as you sponsor a child and your money goes to support that child, and that's a great program. I'm all for it. But this is actually a development program for the entire city, for all of the children in this city. There are about 90,000 children in, in Gemina, and that means that if you sponsor a child, you are actually going to touch the lives of at least nine or ten children over the period of this support because the program is for everyone in the city in the name of Jesus. If you do the math, the goal is 10,000 sponsorships. If you do the math for that, $40 per month times 12 months a year, it's basically about $5 million a year. We're uh, 850 churches. Uh, we're about this morning about 230,000 people worshiping in the pews in covenant churches. I would suggest to you that over the course of 12 to 18 years, that's a leap of faith. Covenant Kids Congo is a work of faith because it is a huge risk for this little denomination called the Covenant Church. But there's a second reason why it's a work of faith. Have you noticed in your own life that when you take a step of faith in giving, 
when you take a faith step of faith in serving, when you take a step of faith in loving someone who's really difficult to love, that the Lord shows up and you find out that he's there. Covenant Kids Congo, powered by World Vision, is a leap step of faith. It's a work of faith because God is showing up in amazing ways. I talked to you about the fact that only 11% of the people have access to clean water. Uh, because of your faithfulness, because of the children that have already been sponsored through this church, 24,000 people in the city of Gemina now have water who never had it before. And it, and it's, it is brilliant because it's points, multiple points of distribution. Uh, water doesn't do a lot of good when people have to walk huge distances to get it. But this is in multiple points of distribution. So most of the people in the places where their water have it within two to five minutes of their home. I walked with Bernadette. She used to walk a full mile to this pond, which was kind of a spring, but it had runoff from livestock. It had runoff from the sewage. Remember, there's no, there's no public sanitation. It's about calf deep. It's in a little jungle area. Everyone in the village went and walked into the water and took their water in jerry cans. You can understand why the child mortality was so high. Then I walked with her from her home three minutes to the water World Vision kiosk where she gets clean water three times a day. You know all the benefits from that, but what her husband said particularly captured me. She said, when I'm at work, she said, my daughter and wife go to that, used to go to that mile away pond in the woods um, by themselves. He said it wasn't safe. It was dangerous. You never knew who would be there. He said, not only are my children drinking clean water, but my wife and my daughters are safe. World Vision has great power in terms of being God showing up in the agricultural products that are agricultural projects. I'll do it real quickly, but one of the neatest things is that they gather groups of women together and they teach them new ways to grow, new plants to grow, and new ways to, um, to process the food for maximum nutrition. When we came on this group, they were so filled with joy and they sang, we're going to feed our children, we're going to feed our husbands, we're going to heal our village with vegetables, and then with this wonderful sense of humor, they said, we're going to feed World Vision. It makes a difference. God shows up when we act in a work of faith. But there's one more reason, and this is a tough one. There's one more reason why Covenant Kids, powered by World Vision, is a work of faith. And that is because it's bringing hope to a place that's had very little hope. Um, you know that when Africa was divided up by the European powers, it was divided up, first of all, to exploit human resources in the terms of slaves. You know, the European powers came in and simply divided Africa up, not according to tribal lines, but according to who could grab the most of what. And then they took um, natural resources like rubber during the beginning of the Industrial Age, and then they took... Uh, mineral resources. And that process continues today. It hasn't stopped. 
Uh, Congo actually was owned by a single human being. The country of the Democratic Republic of Congo is the size of the United States east of the Mississippi. It's huge. One man owned that land and every human being in it. And King Leopold's rule was one of the most brutal in all of history. The people of Congo are still recovering. They're recovering some of the greatest colonial brutality that has existed in the history of the world, but they're also still recovering from the fact that Africa is completely dominated by the industrialized West and newly industrialized East. China is there in enormous numbers, making huge investment for extraction. Let me just try to give a picture of this. When you subjugate a people, when you make them slaves within their own country, and when you brutalize them, you do deep damage to human beings that goes deep into psyche and deep into culture. What it means today is that when you do work in Congo, you recognize that it has to be a long obedience in the same direction. It has to be a long obedience in the same direction. Because if you're a 40-year-old Congolese man or woman today, let me tell you what your experience has been. All of the manufactured goods that you'd like to have for your family, they come from somewhere else. If you want to get a really good advanced education, you have to go somewhere else. The military things that people use to fight each other, it comes from somewhere else. And almost always financial resources come from somewhere else. Can you imagine what that's like? Can you imagine a life where almost everything of great value or things that seem to be of great value come from not my village, not my home, not my country, but from somewhere else? And it's really easy if you're Congolese to believe the lie, and it is profoundly an enemy's lie, that if my life is going to be improved, it has to come from somewhere else or it has to come from someone else. And that's why when World Vision works in Congo, all of the work is through local people building local capacity to begin to write a new narrative. A narrative that says, by the grace of Jesus Christ, the best future for me is in my own hands. One of my favorite programs is a program that you'll be familiar with. You've heard about it before. It's the Women's Savings Groups. The Women's Savings Groups is where they gather women together in accountable groups and they teach them biblical principles of business and home economy and then they hold each other accountable to save money. And then they give each other loans. And the transformation in the lives of those women is enormous. And I'll just tell you what's so much fun. I visited them, groups, several groups, several times. The joy is palpable. And let me tell you what the joy is. The joy is my life and my care for my children is so much better. And it isn't because of what someone else did. 
It's because of what, by the grace of Jesus Christ, I have been able to do myself. Can I get an amen? amen. It's enormous. Covenant Kids Congo is a work of faith. Because as we step out to walk with our brothers and sisters, these beautiful, resilient, intelligent people, they step out in works of faith. And God powerfully works together to bring his best future into their lives and into ours. A work of faith is every step we take based on God's amazing grace to walk together, to bring a better future into our world, and to touch people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Please engage in this video. Thank 
kosunga biso koyekola makambo ya tina malamu kozala mwana mwana ya mpula zomi ya Congo Deborah There's a lie that the enemy tells us and tells our world. And that is that the works of faith that Jesus Christ calls us to are going to diminish our lives. That they're going to drain our resources. <laughs> that they're going to take, make our life harder and more difficult and more challenging. But it's a lie. Because the truth is when Jesus calls us to work of faith, it is always life-giving. <laughs> it builds us up. It shows us the power of God. It gives us a demonstration that our God is who he says he is and that he's alive and strong. So thank you for your works of faith. And thank you for considering taking someone like this little guy named Augustine and, and making him a part of your home and supporting this work of faith. I'm grateful. May God bless you.